with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday evening. As always, lots coming up on the show today. I'm going to be joined by Adrian Ronnie Ronan. Uh, Adrian Ronnie Ronan. I uh, got all my words jumbled up there. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be talking about all the action in the St. Canice's Senior Hurling Championship at the weekend. Uh, I'll also be catching up with Olympic boxer uh, Darren O'Neill to talk about how amateur boxing Boxing may not feature in LA 2028 uh, and I'll be speaking to head coach and captain from Kilkenny's RFC's women's team. They're going to be stopping by to tell us about their recruitment drive. But to kick things off, I'm going to begin with rugby in Carlo. Uh, just before coming on air, I spoke to Carlo IT head coach and Tullow RFC clubman Johnny Tobin to talk about Tullow's opening game in the Leinster League against Wicklow. I started off by asking Johnny how that game went. Wicklow's not an easy place to go and get a win. So 29-23 isn't a bad result. Losing bonus point. Uh, first game of the league away. I think only one home team won in that division. So Or lost rather in that division. So it shows the home advantage. But um, we're in a good place. Hope to have um, two teams out this weekend for Mullingar at home, which will be no easy test either. So... Um, the senior setup is going very, very well. Training is going well, and um, have to give Wicklow credit there on their um, gesture to Melanie Griffiths on the weekend by donating the, the proceeds from their gate to uh, Melanie Griffith, who had an accident during the summer with a quad bike. Um, Wicklow have donated a thousand dollars for cause, so it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's great to see those gestures um, when you're when you're going along to, to club matches like that. Uh, just on that Wicklow game, I know that they would have been favourites going into that match, but did the game go better than you expected, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It was one of them games where we, where we probably should have won it, to be honest. Um, maybe a little game fitness and a little bit of fatigue came in at the end, making the right decisions, giving away a few soft penalties in the end. Wicklow have had three games ahead of us. We've only had one. Uh, friendly against Wexford we could have had two three games yeah three games ahead of us so uh, the competitive edge is there uh, trained very very well good numbers at their training and stuff so probably a little bit stronger place they will be hot favourites for promotion this year as well uh, I think themselves and Carlo were battling out last year um, so I think they'll be hot favourites again but typical Tullow fashion we like being underdogs and we kind of uh, <laughs> we kind of gave them a little bit of a scare I think up until the last maybe seven eight minutes and that's when uh, maybe I wouldn't say poor discipline because we weren't poor discipline to be fair but I think a little bit of fatigue we made a couple of silly errors and, and uh, we could capitalise being, on the, being the team they are and the experience they have in their back line and their, their leaders there to make the right decisions and take their three points when they're on offer so and how important is it Johnny to get your first game kind of to get that first game out of the way or under the belt if you like um, like do you do you reckon the lads will be a lot sharper now coming into next weekend's match ah they will yeah yeah they will of course yeah look at it it's it's, it's uh, kind of six and one half a dozen the other you don't want to lose your first game but you don't mind losing an away game if that sounds it might sound a bit weird but you try when you're, you generally need to win your home games you know and, you, and your main focus is to win them at the start of the year because plus the side of things is getting lads to travel and stuff you know after I know COVID is kind of, we're nearly over but it's still kind of playing a major factor in lads coming back lads have had so long off and then they don't want to give up their Sundays again but 
we're getting back into it and um, like I said the losing bonus point is massive from, from Wicklow but any 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 result in, in uh, Wicklow is very very good you know um, you go there some teams go there and get absolutely trounced some teams go there and get him in a losing bonus point so we're coming away more positive than negative from that lads are getting eight minutes under their belt some lads needed um, the team definitely needed as a whole a couple of young players coming in so we we got four, I think five new young lads on the team, 18, 19 year olds. So we got to blood them in on the weekend as well to one be league rugby rather than friendly. So there's lots of positives there. Um, so it's, it's, it's good. It's going good. And so the next game I think you mentioned there is uh, this coming weekend at home, Mullingar. Yeah, that'll be massive too because we, we, we had them last year at home as well early in the season. Now we won it. Um, we had two teams at that day but a side that's very very physical and they're also a side that you don't know what Mullingar you're going to get until the day they arrive they could come down and be absolutely phenomenal or the absolute opposite and you could have a field day now I don't think we're going to get a field day with them they played Carlo last week in Mullingar and they're actually the only home side to lose they lost Carlo 22-13 so they'll have a chip on their shoulder too um, and they'll want to come down and write that they'll, look, they'll be looking for four points the same as us but the main thing, the main goal for us now would be to get four points from Sunday, and then after two games, sit on five points in the league, and it'll be, it'll give us a better building block than than sitting on two points or even even one if we were to lose the Mullingar this weekend. So, yeah, um, look, it, it, it'll be a very good game, very good contest. Always played in good spirits, and Mullingar always bring a good crowd as well. So. Um, looking forward to that one now to be honest with you and Johnny you mentioned their uh, goals what would be kind of the goal now for the year um, like setting up your stall now for, for the year what's uh, what's the hope it's to gain promotion I assume is it yeah like look you don't like to speak too early but it, it has been our goal and it is it still is the goal the goal is promotion the goal is to get Division 1A rugby for next season um, there's a long term goal in the club um, there's a plan being put in place to, to achieve this long term goal there's lots of positive stuff going on around the club to, to make sure that we're giving ourselves the best opportunity for this there's a brand new gym going in uh, tomorrow uh, nearly 30,000 euros worth of new equipment going into the gym uh, a whole revamp there which is well needed and, and really really good at, at, at this present moment of time to get it Um the coaching staff obviously is very very good uh, Morris and Sean are coaching there Sean is down as much as he can be to coach very very beneficial to have him um, lads are really enjoying training there's a real good atmosphere out there again which probably probably went missing a little bit since 2000 kind of 18 19 maybe 19 after the second Towns Cup final 2018 that I think lads probably could have done with a recharge of the batteries to be honest with you mm. COVID probably hit us at a bad time because they've had to took advantage of it but um, yeah look lots of positive things going on in the club the youths are going extremely well we have a really strong under 18 team for the last two years which we haven't had in the last maybe five, six, seven years which is really positive and really really it's really important to have such a good um, flux of youths coming through because at the end of the day they're the most important section in the club is the minis and youths because without them in five, ten years time you don't have the senior setups. so um, they're going really well there at the moment their 16s 17s and 18s are really really strong and competing really well so yeah look at there's the goal is like you said sorry the goal is promotion and that's that's where we're at good can't stuff can't really past too much more of that yeah and it's great to hear that there is you know a good spirit back in the back in the club again um, and we're all eagerly awaiting this game uh, at the weekend home game against Mullingar at the weekend as well but uh, listen thanks so much for your time and look we'll be chatting to you again soon yeah no bother thanks a 
That was uh, Johnny Tobin there. He's the head coach in uh, Carlo IT talking about Tullo RFC and their opening game there in the Leinster League at the weekend. Uh, we're going to take a quick ad break now coming up after the break. I'm going to be talking to our very own Adrian Ronnie Ronan. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. So thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, laheartskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. So thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, laheartskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as promised just before the break, I am joined on the line by our very own Adrian Ronnie Ronan, former Kilkenny hurler and, of course, commentator with us here on KCLR. Uh, Ronnie, how are you doing? Good, Sinead. Thanks very much. Good, good. Uh, you were at plenty of matches at the weekend, um, Adrian. Uh, you commentated on two of them. Uh, so we had three of the four quarterfinals there in the St. Canis's uh, Senior Hurling Championship in Kilkenny. Um, we'll start off, I suppose, with uh, the, the first one that was played out, uh, Tullerone there and um, Aaron's own. Yeah, what did you make of that game, Ronnie? Well, sure, the same as most people was the better of the two games on Saturday in Nolan Park there was certainly more life to it and uh, good decent quality hurling the result kind of went with what people would have expected Tullerone were the farm team but it wasn't after a major surprise uh, and a great bust by um, Aaron Zoe and Castlecomer and in the last 15 minutes they were nip and tuck it was 14 points or 13 points apiece it was a draw game and with the last 15 minutes uh, Tullerone uh, management made a cute move a very shrewd move because Conor Fogarty was starting to dictate the game Comer played with a sweeper normally and played very well a very calculated game Kieran Wallace was getting better as the game went on and they decided very much so to keep Parik Welsh out of the game they kept most if not all ball out of the middle to try and keep Parik out of the game played everything to Conor Fogarty who came very deep and that worked a lot uh, and worked very well for uh, Castlecomer for a long time but then they put Jim Coughlin back on him um, on, on Conor Forty and allowed Parik then to roam uh, a little bit more that he didn't have to worry about Conor Forty. and in the end those changes uh, helped but the story of that game was the performance of Shane Welch Shane Welch was outstanding I'm not sure exactly what he finished up at but he certainly scored most if not all the scores I think he 12-13 points on the day I can't say exactly what I should know but I don't know off the top of my head I don't have my notes in front of me but he was the main difference he came out the field and played very well Um, yes he was uh, picking up again uh, Tullerone played so well because as I said Comer had a sweeper play with a sweeper but Shane Welch was playing out around the middle floating between the sweeper and and, and, and his own marker at the time and seemed to be on a lot of balls so you'd have to give great credit Mm. to Tullerone and Shane Welch in particular but a great win for Tullerone uh, they're in the semi-final and based on the last um, three to, uh, two, three months that, that, that's, that's a fact that they, that they were destined to be in a semi-final so it's progress for sure but no more than what Tullerone uh, probably deserve and we'll have to improve now mm-hmm. particularly with the draw they got And just sticking with Shane Walsh there for a second I know you mentioned there that he was outstanding at the weekend but he has been outstanding throughout uh, this whole campaign for Tullerone he really hasn't put a foot wrong has he? No, no he's uh, his form is excellent. I know his form has often been good when Tullerone play well, Shane Welch plays well, or when Tullerone play poorly, maybe Shane Welch is not on enough ball. So he's a key player for Tullerone. He's in the form of his life. He's playing very well. 
and he's well able to handle that sort of pressure I mean because he's, he's a player that plays on confidence and the more attention Shane gets the more he loves it as the lad says so he doesn't fear you know that attention as I said some lads don't like that attention and they come up under certain pressure but Shane isn't and as I said he's playing very well and and the better Shane Welch is uh, playing, the better Tullerone are playing. Uh, and, and Ronnie, it was a really fine margins there at the end. It was only a three-point victory. How do you think, I know that Comer will be disappointed nonetheless, but how do you think they'll assess their year overall? Again, they'll be happy because, again, in Kilkenny Hurling, the main threat is to stay out of relegation. That's the big thing, to stay out of relegation. And then you have that because if you get down there, you don't know what's going to happen. So it, they'll see it as progress, possibly, um, but they'll be sure, seriously disappointed on the day. Um, they definitely had the, the, the chance to beat Tullerone on the day, so they'll have went home disappointed. Maybe one or two referee decisions they'll feel went against them at different times. But always, when you're that tight, you'll always find margins and tight margins. And there was a crucial miss in the second half they had a great chance of a goal and they missed that chance of a goal um, but yet look overall Tullerone were the better team Marge need a better team so Tullerone deserved it but Comer certainly had a chance and certainly improved from their performance over the last couple of weeks and probably put in one of their better performances on the day and um, we'll, get, we'll go home disappointed but look nonetheless they're, they're still senior but could easily have been in a semi-final yeah they could have and and Ronnie, just moving on then to Dixborough versus Mullinavat. Uh, that was, I suppose, a game really where the borough were calling the shots from from early on, and and uh, yeah, like Mullinavat really at half time, uh, it seemed to be over. We were kind of thinking, can they make a comeback? But I think all the damage was done really in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, and again, to be fair, I missed that game because I had a camogie game, so I was. Uh, with the girls yesterday afternoon so I didn't get to, to see it listened to some of it on the radio luckily through with Robbie and Taggy and then spoke to a few people over the course of today and yesterday and yeah uh, the Borough went with form again the Borough certainly uh, are one of the form teams as well Mullen Navat had a great winner ball again at O'Loughlin's don't travel well they'd hate me for saying that don't love the park but yes John Welch had four chances of goals the Borough backs did well to get back in and cover him and smother him but that would be a concern for the borough, surely, that John Welch had four scoring chances because uh, against other teams, maybe that mightn't be the case. But the, look, it went with form. The borough in the semi-final, and um, again, deservedly so. The beauty now here is they're playing the village, and neither both teams will love the fact that they're playing each other. That now will uh, another day. People will say the borough favourites. Yes, they're the form team, but um, if there's anyone that loves playing Dixborough, it's James Stevens. But look again. Uh, going back to assessing Mullen the bat year they did well they, they came good in the last couple of matches uh, had a great win over a lock and that certainly has been their highlight um, again would like to have progressed again their team is a, a settled team and you know you know, they need to be making the breakthrough now because a lot of that team are on the experience side and uh, like Bennis Bridge you just wonder now have they, have they missed their chance but certainly uh, they'll have assessed the year a great win against O'Loughlin's but just on the day came up short against a very good Borough team who are very good and who are rightly in a semi-final and you did mention the village there um, and just like you know thinking back on their campaign so far like they've come they've come a long way is that the Cody effect do you think Ronnie? Ah, sure. Look, it's, it is and it isn't. I mean, it certainly helps. Of course, it helps. But to be fair to the James Stevens in the village, that all year I had been saying it, others had been saying it. They're not as bad as the performances were suggesting. They had a few injury worries. They missed one or two key players on different days. Um, and like any club, 
uh, they were short two or three different players on different days during their league campaign and that affects them when you go back in the, the championship no team can afford to be without a number of players and when you're out with a number of players in Kilkenny Hurden you, you run the risk of having a poor performance and losing the village had those poor performances during the year because they were down those few players but they've had most of them back now they had all of not if they nearly had all if not all back for uh, the match against Venice Bridge and look Venice Bridge will be hugely disappointed they had been the farm team won all their matches all along um, uh, and lost the league final but the, the cracks were probably there in the last week or two you know didn't have a great performance against Greg Ballycallan in the last round of the league didn't have a great performance against Tullerone in the league final so there was there was just a small bit uh, not happening for um, the Venice Bridge lads and the village lads took took their chance look that was a poor game for a long time uh, Sinead for, for 50 minutes it's only livened up when uh, Tyg DeWare got the goal and then Sean Marcy came down and got the other goal uh, or Nicky Clear I should say it only livened up in the last 15 minutes and then it became a very good last 15 minutes of end to end stuff and both teams had chances to win it but uh, the, the introduction of uh, young Gilfoyne Owen Gilfoyle uh, to the village made a huge difference and um, he came on in the last 20-25 uh, minutes he had been not playing for for different reasons they said he was injured um, and so the fact that he came on he made a huge uh, huge uh, gain for the village and look that was the difference in the end his speed his opportunism along with everyone else picking their game up And um, but uh, young Bill Foyle's contribution was massive to, to village and um, he'll get great attention now when they go and play the Borough next weekend and uh, Ronnie then finally like sadly due to bereavement in, in Ballyhale uh, the, that final quarter final uh, had to be postponed that will be played now next weekend how do you see that one going? Yeah no different from what we predicted uh, this weekend it's the same uh, Clara are very good uh, they have a decent record again the Shamrocks Shamrocks are going reasonably well not far than all cylinders and again Shamrocks They've been down a few players, as we know all year. They've got some of those players back. But they're still down a number of players. So it'll be interesting to see who the Shamrocks will be due without on the date. We're not sure. Will they have Darren Mullen, Joey Cuddy, Brian Cody to name three? They're three big players in any team. And, you know, when you get closer to the championship, it's all right in the league to be short a few players when you're the Shamrocks. They survived. But now this is do or die. And it's championship and it's knockout. And you're playing Clara. And Clara are going very well. And as I said, it's a tricky, very tricky assignment for uh, for the Shamrocks. And if they're not under, if they're not up to form, and if they have the few injuries, well, then they're in danger of getting caught. But look, based on form and based on the fact that the Shamrocks uh, in the park, you'll give them every chance. Um, and a week, another week to give some of those injuries a chance might be of benefit to them equally. Um, Clara are down Leicester Ryan all year. He's a major player for 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 Clara. Will Leicester be able to play? He's a serious hamstring injury. Knowing Leicester, he won't uh, lie down. Will he start? I don't think he'll start, but he'll certainly make a contribution if he can. So look, it'll be touch and go for sure, uh, Sinead. But look, based on form and the fact that the Shamrocks, as I said, being in the park, you'd have to say uh, Shamrocks will continue on their winning way. Great stuff. Looking forward to those games next weekend. Now, lots of games up for the cider there. Um, so, look, always always nice talking to you, Ronnie. We'll chat to you again very soon, I'm sure. Okay. Thanks a million for Thanks taking the call. No bother, mind yourself. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a million. That's uh, Adrian, Ronnie, Ronan there. Uh, do stay tuned. We're going to take a quick ad break now, but coming up after the break, I'm going to be talking to Kilkenny RFC's women's team head coach, uh, Paddy Moss, and Rosie Miller, who is the team captain, right after this ad break. 
full time on KCLOR. So thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. So thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, I am joined in studio by the head coach and the captain of Kilkenny RFC's women's team uh, to chat to me a little bit about their recruitment drive. The head coach is Paddy Moss and the uh, captain um, of the team is Rosie Miller. I'll start off uh, just by speaking uh, to Rosie. Um, Rosie, just maybe tell me a little bit about like your own involvement with Kilkenny RFC women's team and how long, how long have you actually been playing with this team? It's been about three, four years now. I am originally from Scotland. I moved over um, about three years ago now and my partner is from Kilkenny and he plays for the men's rugby team so I kind of got involved with that and allowed me to meet new players and meet new friends and let me settle in Kilkenny. Um, So it was a great way to to settle in and meet new people. Yeah. Um, So it was a great start to that and then it's been going great from then since last season we had a proper competitive team so it was great to then build up from that and had you been playing prior to moving over here to Ireland had you been playing uh, rugby uh, in Scotland where you're from uh, no not really I wasn't playing competitively over there it was more just for a bit of fun so um, over here it's taken a little bit more serious over here so um, yeah I've been enjoying it a lot so very good. Um, and I'll just bring uh, just Paddy just into the, the conversation uh, now as well. Um, Paddy, uh, you're the, the head coach. Uh, how long have, have you been involved in coaching? Um, well, I helped about, I started about four years ago as a conditioning coach. Um, one of my or a family who plays on the team, one of my sisters plays and they asked would I help out. Um, and then last year I took it over uh, as the head coach um, and continued on now this year as well. All right, okay. Just bring that mic just a little bit closer to you there. Sure. Um, and so this is your first that then like experience of coaching then, or have you been coaching any other team prior uh, to this? No, no. no. This is my first kind of head coach role. Um, I've done a little bit of conditioning work before, um, but... Nothing, nothing in regards to actually taking on a team and <laughs> running them through their paces. All right, very good. So, how are you finding the whole experience then of kind of getting involved with uh, a competitive team? I know that you were saying there just before coming on air that the team has been in existence for a long time, but this is the first time I think in maybe five years is it since that you've been playing like competitive matches. So, how how is that to kind of get teams ready for competitive action? Um, difficult. Uh, you have to kind of trust in yourself and what you're doing. Um, that 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 you're leading them in the right direction. Um, thankfully, now the squad that I had were all dedicated in the fact that uh, they showed up no matter what happened, and they were willing to learn and listen throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole process. Uh, can I just um, ask you as well, just about? Um 
uh, just about the training because like what what's it actually like I know that I was reading just on online there and you you were obviously you have the recruitment drive at the moment you're hoping to get more girls on 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 board and and come along and start training and it does say that you don't have to be um you don't have to have any prior experience so what can what can girls expect if they're coming along for training uh what's it going to be like are, are they going to be put through their paces or will you start them off fairly gently no look you have to look at each individual um and see what they're capable and willing to do at the start um, I mean you can't throw anyone into the deep end they're either going to get hurt or never come back um, I've ran I think last season I had five or six brand new players never played before um, just brought them through the fundamentals brought them through the basics um, and they gained confidence from there to I think two of them were our star our most our best players from last season and uh, throughout the team um like it's it's not as scary as people think and we're never going to throw them into a a situation they're not comfortable in um it looks scary from the outside but i mean this year we have a team that's been together for a year so we have to develop them on top of uh developing new people as well and Rosie, just tell me about um, last year then. Like, as we were saying, last year was the first year in a long time that you've had competitive matches. How did how did the season go for you? Uh, the season went very well for us. I have to say we went on a, a big run of unbeaten games. We developed our game throughout the season. Um, we came second in the league, which was massive for us. Um, we ju- were just narrowly beaten in the end. Uh, but we also won the Division Cup as well. So uh, we were really nice to top off with a bit of silverware at the end of the season yeah definitely and how do when it's a new team like that how do you go about kind of establishing a rapport a bond amongst the girls uh, maybe I'll, I'll throw that question there to, to Paddy uh, to be honest with you it was the group there that done all the work um, what we like what I done is just gave them the facilities to be able to play the game um, they were treated in a way that they were allowed to excel uh, I didn't have much of an input in you know how they acted or um, how they kind of acted with each other it was it was pretty much driven by the squad um, Ro- Rosie how long uh, or sorry I was going to just just ask you about um, yeah like the, the rapport or the, the, the bond that's created amongst the the girls like uh, what what was it like as at, in the first place that kind of drew you to, to rugby as a sport well I was I was drafted in by um, one of the girls who said come along and meet a few of the girls and we do have many uh, a social night around town as well to to get to know one another as well. So it was more just the fact that I had known anyone really um, before I came over here um, to Ireland. So being able to go and meet the other girls and just be able to then build new friendships from there was really important to myself. What's the what's the kind of goal now for the for women's um, rugby in Kilkenny RFC, Paddy? Like, what is the kind of goal, even short term goals for this year? Short term for this year is we want to end up in the top uh, two positions in the league. Um, realistically, I think we are able to get there, um, and then it would be nice to build and get into at least the cup semi final, um, if not the final. I think we have the talent to get there, so. 
that's the goals for me anyway. That's the goal, yeah. And when's the when's the next match coming up then? Um, the first home game that we have in the league is on the 9th, um, 9th of October, or Sunday, two weeks. Um, it's in Folkestown at 1 o'clock kickoff. Um, but all, all of those details will be up on the uh, Kilkenny Women's Instagram um, and also on the Kilkenny RFC Facebook page for anyone who's interested in watching. Yeah, and I suppose like the reason that that we're we're here today and that you've come into studio as well is just really to try and encourage girls if they do have even a small interest in taking part in uh, in competitive rugby. So uh, I let you, Rosie, make your pitch now for anyone out there that might be interested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no matter what age, what ability you think you have, um, until you've tried it out, I don't think you can rule it out. Um, we've had girls come along just even just watch a session to see how it goes and see what they think. Paddy does very well in teaching people the fundamentals and the basics of rugby. So through that, you're building your confidence from there. So you're able to understand the rugby and you have confidence going into it. So unless you give it, you have to give it a try first to then before you rule it out. So. Uh, and what about yourself then, uh, Paddy, just in terms of, you know, trying to encourage more people to come down? Like, if people are worried about, look, they have never played it before and they're worried about it being a contact sport, what would you kind of say to them? Is there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you'll kind of uh, train them at the level that they are at. Yeah, you'll get trained at the level that you're at. Um, the the kind of basics in rugby is you need to protect yourself as much as you as much as you can, and the players will protect you around you. Um, it's a very respectful sport in in that sense. Um, when it comes to injuries and everything along that line, you look at every other sport. Injuries will happen. Um, you can kick a ball wrong and you know break a toe or <laughs> hurt your ankle. Um, surprisingly, now last season. The way that we were set up, we had a small number of injuries um, throughout the whole season. Um, and like the best way realistically to start um, and what's really, really good to see in the club now uh, throughout the last couple of years is it's starting from the minis. So it's starting from um, under 12s up to under 14s, 16s, 18s and in the senior level. And that's, if you can learn the sport from when you're able to kind of jog around and, and hold a ball, it's better off than coming up to uh, just joining it now. But again, if you're joining it now, you'll be taught a, a kind of safety aspect of it. Um, and then it is just confidence after that. Uh, and who else do you kind of have with you then? Like you're the head coach, but there is there many others then in the background that are kind of helping out? Yeah, uh, we have Mags Hennessy, who's the manager of the team. Uh, she does a great, great job for advocating for women in sport, um, and it's 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 helped me a lot, uh, kind of get into my role. And then I have uh, Kathy Kelly and Catherine Barco Kyo, who coach with me, um, which kind of gives a bit of comfort into the rest of the squad that it's not just a man looking after them; it's both females as well, which help. Um, they bring a different side to it and it makes it, it makes my life easier anyway yeah and how many how many girls do you currently have then on the on the squad at the moment um 
We have a panel of around about... 32. Two, yes. Oh, 32, okay, yeah. It's a massive improvement from last year. So we've had some other girls come up from the under-18s again this year, which is a great asset. And we've had some new players as well that joined us again this year. Ah, very good. Uh, So look, before I let you go then, where can people kind of find more information if they are interested uh, in joining? Um, They can find it on the Kilkenny Women's uh, Rugby Instagram and Facebook page or there's a Kilkenny Facebook page as well. So you can find them on all social media um, as well. So Very good. And even if people just even want to maybe pop down uh, on the night, when is the next training session happening? Uh, so we train on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock and Fridays at half 7. Um, so that is as simple as show up at a 7 o'clock on a Tuesday and you'll be able to look at uh, what we're doing. Um, and then even if you're sitting in the car thinking, oh God, what do we do? Um you, you just see kind of what's happening and get a better uh, understanding from there what we're very what we're good doing. very good thanks so much um, Paddy and uh, Rosie for coming in today uh, and hopefully uh, people will take heed to that message as well and if they do have um, any interest and they're living uh, in Kilkenny any interest in, in rugby that they will get in contact with yourselves or make their way down uh, there to Kilkenny RFC uh, for training um, but listen thanks a million uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you back on definitely again soon don't be a stranger we're going to take a quick ad break now and coming up after the break I'm going to be talking to Olympian boxer Darren O'Neill so do stay tuned for that Full time on KCLOR so thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz the home of Skoda in Kilkenny lahartzskoda.ie Full time on KCLOR so thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz the home of Skoda in Kilkenny lahartzskoda.ie Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, uh, just before the ad break there, I was saying that I was going to be joined on the line by Olympian boxer uh, Darren O'Neill to talk about how amateur boxing may not feature in LA 2028. And I am joined on the line now by Darren. Darren, how are you doing? Hey, Sinead, all good. Thank you. Good, good. Um, Darren, this is very worrying stuff. Uh, I heard the headlines there yesterday about uh, the Olympics um, possibly suspending uh, or expelling amateur boxing from um, the Olympic Games in 2028. How have we got to this point? Well, I suppose uh, there's a, a meeting at the weekend um, in Yerevan, Armenia, Um and it would, I suppose, it circulated around um, a Dutch representative, uh, what's his name, uh, Boris Vanderborst, who had previously been uh, unallowed to, or disallowed, whatever you want to call it, uh, to run against the uh, incumbent pre- uh, president of of um, Aiba. Um, but he got that overturned in support of arbitration and um, again, the vote against him. I suppose. This has been going on for a long, long time. Um, all my career in boxing has always been very corrupt. Um, now, this, this um, Kremlin that's there at the minute, Umar Kremlin, the president at the minute, he's uh, he's the latest one in. He, you know, he, he's um, promised to straighten out boxing and get things in order. And you know, I mean, they are saying that they've they've uh, implemented ninety percent. Or, or near enough that of the recommendations that were made post um, the Rio Games um, review, and uh, you know he 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 kind of he was of the opinion that 
they were getting there that uh, you know that that they should be entitled or they should be allowed to to run boxing themselves. Boxing is involved in the Paris Games, but it's not going to be run or not going to be administered by the. Um, I, well, what's it called now? Uh, it used to be IE, but IBA is not going to be run by the by the Amateur Boxing um, Association. It says as it wasn't in uh, Rio for the first time, and the uh, Olympic Federation put again put together um, a task team to do do so, and that would be the case for Paris. But I think this time round they're 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 not willing to do that again. You know, going forward in, into LA, and I suppose they're kind of looking towards the the World Association to see would they, I suppose. Um, reform as they've been kind of suggested was required um, and that doesn't seem to be the case so it, it, you know it, it really is a, um, at risk of being dropped completely now from, from, from LA and uh, Darren, like, can I? I just ask you as well. Like, I know that they've kind of set out a criteria now that they're looking for the IBA to meet. Um, and if they don't meet it, they're they're. It's just as simple as that. They're, they just won't be taking part in the Olympics in 2028. But what exactly is in the criteria for a reform? God, I'm not even sure of, of the the full uh, or the full list of the criteria. I suppose a lot of it, as I say, will, will have come off the back of the the review done post Rio, and a lot of it is due to governance. Um, you know, and that has always been an issue in in um, the ABA. You know, I mean, historically, there's been there's been lots of links to um, or lots of um, top officials who had criminal links. Um, now you know, uh, I suppose there have been reviews done of of um, the current president who was cleared, and so on and so forth. But I suppose there's always that kind of bit of susceptibility there, and, and you know the, we've seen pictures of them side by side with with um, Vladimir Putin. We know that that the ABA is uh, hugely reliant on on Russian um, Gazprom for for sponsorship. Um, you know they have said that they're going to come out with. And announce new sponsors in the coming days or coming weeks, but you know we've yet to see that really. Um, so I suppose you know, as I say, they're really looking for for a governance structure there that that can be relied on and, and that's transparent. Um, but you know that isn't just isn't there just yet. And Darren, like this is re- this really is devastating for the sport of boxing. But I think not only that, like for our Olympic Games, uh, our prospects at the Olympic Games, because boxing is where we ex- excel. Like this is where we win uh, our medals and where we ha- have won most of our medals um, since we've been taking part in the Olympic Games. So, uh, it, like unless this can be reversed, this is going to be truly devastating for you know our prospects in in future Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be a huge, a huge um, loss for as well all of our sport. But you know, not just that. I mean, the friendly community. I mean, there's boxing clubs in, in most uh, towns and villages around the country. You know, and it keeps kind of people off the streets. It keeps them fit, keeps them healthy. You know, and I, I, I've long since spoken about the advantages of boxing. Um, you know, whether whether it be weight management in an increasingly obese world, whether it be you know confidence. Um, you know, people just can stand up for themselves. Lack of, you know, it kind of it decreases bullying and things like that. Um, you know, and at least the positive mental health and so on. So but but it's 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 a massive loss for the country because obviously, we, you know, of all our Olympic medals, more than half of them have come from from boxing. Um, you know, I think we've had eighteen medals, uh, Olympic medals of boxing. Um, you know, and we probably should have had a few more along with that, but. 
you know, so it, it's a huge um, loss for, for, for Ireland as a, a sporting nation. You know, and, and, that, and that's just at Olympic level. You know, I mean, we, we have numerous European world champions um, and, and, you know, multi, multi, um, multinational, uh, international medal winners. And Darren, like, what is your instinct on this? Do you think that it can be they can sort themselves out in time to take part in the 2028 Olympics, or would you be kind of leaning more towards this? This is just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I am starting to think that it won't happen, um, and and maybe maybe that's what's needed. On you know, for for one cycle anyway. But unfortunately, I think. Looking at the the IBA at the minute, they seem to be kind of pushing towards uh, segregating themselves completely from the Olympic, Olympic um, Committee, you know. And they are kind of, or um, the, the President Kremler is kind of saying that you know we shouldn't be relying on other associations as one to vote, you know. And, and and I kind of got a little bit worried last year or the year before when they start putting in prize money, um, which has never been a thing before, and putting in big prize money, which is obviously something that. Attractive, obviously, the boxers are going to keep them involved and give them something else to aim towards. But, you know, that in itself leads to further uh, potential corruption. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I wouldn't be overly confident that, that you get back in. Yeah, um, which, yeah. Which is a really sad thing. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of have to wait and see now what happens. But um, I suppose the more we kind of have these discussions, the more it's been spoken about, uh, the more protests hopefully can can take place. But listen, it's lovely. Uh, it's always lovely to talk to you, uh, Darren. And uh, don't be a stranger. Hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on the show very soon. Hopefully. Thanks. Thanks very much. That was uh, Darren O'Neill there. Um, he's, of course, an Olympic boxer. Uh, that's all we have time for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in over the last hour. Own Carey is up next. Next, uh, and I will speak to you again next week. With the latest from on and off the pitch, this is Full Time on KCLR.